You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Flint is set to get a new mayor today. Less than a week after the election, Sheldon Neely will replace Mayor Karen Weaver at the helm of a city that is still reeling from one of the biggest environmental catastrophes in the nation's history. The city is improving in many ways, of course. Lead lines are being replaced, and there's significant investment happening in the city's downtown. But as my next guest reveals today in Crane's Detroit Business, the city may be on the verge of yet another financial emergency. Chad Livengood is the senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business, and he joins us now to talk about what is going on in Flint. Chad, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah. So um, talk about what we might expect from Sheldon Neely, who was taking over for Karen Weaver. He beat her in last week's election. I feel like the coverage of that race and the competition between those two candidates didn't really focus as much on what the financial situation in Flint looks like right now. And it is much worse, I think, than any of us uh, assumed. Yeah. Three weeks ago today, um, Mayor Karen Weaver held her state of the state address at the Capitol Theater, which is this historic theater that got re, uh, re, uh, um, rehabbed a couple of years ago by a um, up t- an organization called Uptown Rede- Redevelopment uh, Corporation, which has really been instrumental. It's like a group of business people who have kind of really pulled together some of the redevelopment downtown. And it, and so I went to and watched that just to kind of see what she was talking about. Of course, it's always kind of curious when a mayor is holding their state of the state address two weeks before their own reelection. And um, and for an hour, she talked about all kinds of positive things going on in the city, and and you know developments coming out of the out of the water crisis, there wasn't a single word about the city's finances. And uh, I had already uh, studied the city's finances by then. And here's the reality right now. Flint's pension fund is 36% funded. When Weaver took office four years ago this week, it was 49% funded. So it is burning cash in, in the late, you know, the terms, terminology for uh, financial people. It is, 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 not it's putting out more money in benefits than it's taking in in either contributions from the city from employees or from investment returns and that's in a good stock market uh the last three years or four years and at the same time um the city uh the budgets that they have passed in the last this this year for the next fiscal year um basically assume that they're going to spend more this year than they take in in tax revenue and start spending down they have an 18 million dollar fund balance and they want to spend it down and based on their own projections and their own documents they're going to be back in deficit uh by 2.7 million dollars by 2023 and their their water and sewer fund pretend basically the same thing. They're gonna have they have a big balance now, and it's gonna all gonna be gone in in a, in a couple years time. And that's not assuming that's assuming that all revenue remains the same basically. So um, this is the kind of, of of financial maneuvers and and budgeting that got Flint into into emergency management twice. And when you talk about the pension being underfunded. I think we, we say that a lot in this state. That happens for a lot of municipalities. Yep. Uh, but but explain why that's so dangerous. Explain why that is one of the things that really pushes municipalities to the brink of insolvency. Well, basically at the end of last fiscal year and the most recent, or excuse me, at the end of the 2018 fiscal year, 
Uh, Flint's pension fund had $191 million of assets. They pay out $51 million a year. So if they took no more money in, um, they would have you know less than four years of pension of money to pay out in their pension. So that makes uh, you know, actuaries very nervous um, that if, especially when you get below 40%, people, you know, usually that sets off alarm bells. Just for some context, this city went to bankruptcy and I know that uh, this was always kind of in dispute, but basically the general retirement uh, pension fund of Detroit was around 60% funded and the police and firefighters were in the 75% funded. So they were much more healthier going to bankruptcy uh, and making the cuts that those pensioners did did take in the bankruptcy than than Flint is, and then just to be clear, there are several uh, and um, um, school districts and 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 uh, municipalities in the state that have uh, not school districts but municipalities that have uh, pension funds that are uh, that are underfunded. They're well under fifty percent, and it is a uh, existential threat. Uh, you know, in in the next recession when. When um, uh, property, if property values were to lower again, and 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 those taxes would go down, and then a city like Flint that relies so much on income tax to sustain its operations, it needs jobs and it needs job growth, and it's been getting some jobs, uh, and some there's been some positive redevelopment. Lear Corporation built a new plant for manufacturing seats for for the Flint uh, GM truck plant on the old uh, Buick City site, and there's some, some potential bidders for that Buick City site. But but right now, it's not anywhere near keeping up with the legacy cost of, of servicing this pension for 1,800 retirees. Mm-hmm. And as Sheldon Neely then takes the helm, is there a plan on the boards? Is he talking about these financial problems and what he plans to do about them? He didn't really have much of a, of a concrete plan. He's, he said basically, and what you get sometimes from politicians, I need to get in there and look at it. And get a, We need to get our own audit. We need to get some of my own people. The problem also is going to be uh, Karen Weaver has been through three chief financial officers. She hasn't had one since the last one quit in protest in March. And so just finding a talented person to come in and deal with the finances and give honest assessments to the mayor so he can give an honest assessment to the to the citizens uh, and also an honest assessment to the governor and other people who might may, may need to get involved, um, that's going to require a lot of uh, – that's going to require some moving some mountains. And Flynn has just burned through – Good talented administrators. Uh, they've had a couple, several city administrators. Um, the sort of the, the chief operating officer of of the city that have come and gone, um, both during you know, and bef- and after emergency management. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Chad Livengood. He's a senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. He's here talking about Flint's financial situation and its new leadership, which will be sworn in uh, very quickly now after the elections last week. If you have uh, questions about Flint, you want to talk about what is going on in Flint, if you live in Flint, uh, give us a call and tell us what you think about the change in leadership in your city, the financial problems that are just over the horizon, and whether you think the city will be able to avoid another financial catastrophe. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Chad, talk about whether 
these kinds of problems untended or unaddressed could lead Flint back to state oversight of its finances or whether something like a bankruptcy might really be on the horizon. So last April, um, then-Governor Rick Snyder um, dissolved the remaining remnants of, of state oversight. Uh, there was a board left in place uh, known as uh, the Receivership Transition Advisory Board, RTAB. Mm-hmm. And uh, the RTAB dissolved, and that was the last uh, um, you know oversight where the city had to, had to submit its financial records. So right now, it's just a normal um, other oversight that, that the Department of Treasury provides um, but otherwise, the state is very hands off. And th- that was partly done because Weaver had made a case over the time that, look, I, I got to govern the city by myself. We have to have full democracy returned here. And that was obviously um, uh, you know, suspended uh, throughout uh, the term of emergency management. And so now going forward, there there could be if there is a, um, you know, a cash crisis in Flint City Hall, um, the, the state could reinitiate another um, uh, inspection of the records, basically, uh, where they did the what they do they bring in these financial review teams. You might recall there was quite a lot of drama with these when we had them in Detroit, um, and they and there's a whole process spelled out in that Public Act uh, 436, which, you know, I just think about this this morning, Stephen. Seven years ago this month, the voters of this state repealed Public Act Four. Uh, the, the emergency manager law, the first one that Rick Snyder signed mm-hmm. that, that you know, um, uh, caused a small revolt in some, some of our cities uh, over, over the suspension of democracy and the sidelining of elected officials. The next month, the, the legislature of the state in a lame duck session passed a, a replacement law. And, and that was done with the full intent at the time uh, to take Detroit into bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and by March of the next year, we had Kevin Orr as an emergency manager and by July we were in bankruptcy um, it's hard to see what how Flint uh, gets this pension issue as also has a 280 million dollar unfunded uh, retiree health care liability um, it's hard to see how they can get any of that those costs lowered any more than they already are and 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 if they continue to sort of accumulate they got more and more uh, retirees or workers who retire uh, and as those that that will just add to the to the to the annual cost of the pension to the city and and just continue to take up more and more dollars away from services if you go to Flint now I mean, basically, it is a police and fire department uh, is is essentially the city services in Flint these days. And they've had a hard time sustaining that. There's a lot of you know complaints that you know, there was only four police officers on the road in Flint in one of America's dangerous cities mm-hmm. um, uh, at night. And it was there was obviously there was a Netflix documentary that really documented how 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 bad this is. Um, and and so, you know, these there's a lot of similarities to where Flint was uh, Flint Flint is now compared to where Detroit was 2012 2013 um, and I mean there's a lot of argument to be made that Flint still hasn't had its own financial reckoning yet hmm. uh, again three one three five seven seven. 1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, Chad, talk about the, the, the situation on the ground for people in Flint. There, there are also some issues with that, and that did take center stage in the campaign a bit. Sheldon Neely really has the police chief 
uh, in his crosshairs, wants to make sure that that person uh, leaves and that somebody new comes in. Uh, is that something that people in Flynn are looking forward to? Uh, is that something that uh, maybe helped Sheldon Neely win the election? Yeah, and the police chief uh, was a controversial figure, and Tim Johnson, otherwise known as Two Guns, uh, because he carries two guns. Uh, that was kind of uh, well documented in that Netflix uh uh, series as well. But um, actually, uh, on Friday, um, I interviewed uh, Sheldon Neely on, 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 on public televisions off the record. And he said he was going to fire uh, Tim Johnson today. And later that morning, uh, the mayor's office said, well, you can't fire him. He's already quit. Hmm. Um, so Tim Johnson is no longer the police chief as of Friday morning, uh, as uh, Sheldon Neely uh, gets sworn in at noon and takes over. Uh, very quick transition. I mean, this is going to be a little jarring in Flint. Uh, and I don't know why these towns of strong mayors have these uh, one week or six day turnovers, but uh, that's just the way it is. So he's, he's got to get, um, he's got to get a police chief. He's got to get a chief financial officer. Um, one thing that one aspect that, um, that is unique to Flint uh, because of its history, because it is the birthplace of General Motors and there's all this wealth still centered from that in in the Mott Foundation, the Charles S. Mott, one of the co-founders of, of General Motors, um, bequeathed his, his fortune, and it continues to be a major force in town. Um, there, are, there are untold amounts of government that are basically being su- um, subsidized or supplanted by uh, the Mott Foundation or by uh, businesses or, or, or other types of, of, of nonprofits that are doing the work that you would normally expect to see uh, they have a chief recovery officer job at, at City Hall in Flint that the city of Flint can't afford this position. The Mott Foundation pays for it. Um, initially, they they had a um, a, a, um, a lead pipe replacement czar of sorts, uh, a former uh, retired uh, um, um, general from the, from the National Guard who was in charge of all this work, and, and the Mott Foundation paid his salary. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of how Flint has basically kind of uh, barely gotten hobbled along as it's trying to get its get all its pipes replaced. And there has been significant progress in the last several years on that, but they're not done yet. And 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 then then try to rebuild in the city and rebuild and starting with their downtown and work their way out into the neighborhoods. It's a very similar situation. But um, if there weren't you know if if it weren't for for Mott being there to backstop some of these functions of government that are that have gone missing, there probably wouldn't be anybody. Hmm. Okay, Chad Livengood, senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. Uh, Always great to catch up with you here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We will be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. Detroit Today is produced by Jake Neer and Anna Marie Seisling. Our program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And associate producer is Claire Brennan. Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.